no old jobs, no RCPs. back to another episode of Weird Thing About That, where me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest or funniest story on that subject. Players' stories will be scored by our head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today, recovering from a shot to the eye from a gun set to power 10, Chow. Guten Tag. And currently living a life of luxury from all his Reddit gold, Chucky. Yo. And our ever faithful, amazing judge, Joe. Hello. Joe, if we can please have today's story and how it will be scored, please. Uh, today's topic is knights and chivalry, and the winner will be the first ever knight of the brown table. <laughs> Ciao. I love a good fridge magnet. <laughs> <laughs> and time. Yeah, That's you're it. Uh, you're <laughs> I love a good fridge magnet. For me, a holiday is not a holiday unless you've brought back suspect native alcoholic beverage, I'm looking at you, Uzo, and a tacky fridge magnet immortalising your holiday destination's notable geological, architectural or cultural attractions. As a result of a holiday to gozo, I'm the proud owner of a fridge magnet of a knight for whom you'd be forgiven for thinking is the Black Knight from Monty Python's Holy Grail, but is in fact a Knight of Malta. Despite him stoically guarding the wilted vegetables and beer that occupy my fridge for half a decade, I knew nothing about him or the organisation he belongs to until tasked with filling two and a half minutes of airtime about nights. So it seemed like as good an opportunity as any to learn a bit more about the custodian of my mouldy cucumbers. The Knights of Malta can trace their origins back to 1048. They were founded by Alamathian merchants in Jerusalem to run a hospital for Christian pilgrims. I'm not entirely sure if the 11th century equivalents of hospital porters, junior doctors and triage nurses undertook their duties in full chainmetal brandishing swords, but one can live in hope. Tensions between Muslims and Christians in the Holy Land have been tumultuous at times, and so the Knights of Malta's role grew to include providing protection for Christians against the local Muslim population. In 1291, the Sultan of Egypt took Jerusalem. This forced the knights into exile for over two decades before settling in Rhodes. They were again forced out by the Sultan in 1523. The source didn't explicitly say, but it's reasonable to assume that this was a different Sultan than the one that exiled them from Jerusalem. They then exiled to Malta, where they ruled until 1798 when Napoleon arrived and turfed them out. They subsequently resettled in Rome, where they remain to this day. Currently, their official title is the Sovereign Military Order of Malta, and despite still being known colloquially as the Knights of Malta, they have seemingly gone back to their roots. They are now a primarily charitable organisation, supporting medical programmes in over 120 countries. Membership is by invitation only. The leader of the order, referred to as the Prince and Grand Master, is elected for life in a secret conclave and must be approved by the Pope. With such a long-standing history, unique status as a sovereign entity under international law, despite no official boundaries besides its offices in Rome, secretive membership and influential reaches, the organisation enjoys observer status on the UN Council, along with organisations such as the Red Cross. Conspiracy theories have contributed events such as the Kennedy assassination and the AIDS pandemic to the Knights of Malta. However, I know. <laughs> However, it's safe to say that most of these accusations are somewhat lacking in evidence and are therefore pretty unfounded. But there may be a complex and interesting history behind the tat in your kitchen 
Perhaps the mermaid magnet from your city break to Copenhagen is also a member of the Illuminati. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. I love the, the idea that the knights did the assassination, but just some guy ran out in armour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whacked him with a sword. Yeah. Just no, drove past the Cadillac and jousted him yeah. in the fucking yeah. I love the fact that he was like, you went, um, possibly a different sultan. Like, the sultan was yeah. like, you guys again, get out of here! <laughs> I uh, told imagine, you. Imagine getting a letter in the mail, though, inviting you to be a knight. That's like a letter to Hogwarts. That, it that's... is, yeah. And like, a, it's... You can fall down a bit of a wormhole on it because obviously you're over, over a thousand years to traipse through for for the history and such. But the um, yeah, it's all very Romy, Vatican stuff, and it's all meetings and hush hush, and you you know mm. you're in for life, invitation only stuff. So there is a little bit sort of stonemason, yeah, Freemason type, sort of yeah, type stuff going on. Um, but yeah, but the I can't remember. It was something like they have a decent. I don't know where they got the funding from either, but they have a budget of like two billion euros, which is why they sort wow. of invest it and uh, put it into um, a budget from who? I I'm going to guess the Pope, mm. and that's I think for the making, church for making certain people disappear. The, mm. Yeah, the church. I think the E. I think they get grants from the EU as well. It is like <laughs> I, I scratched the surface on it. I was like, you could you could fall down a, a you know a. A wormhole with this one and really look into it a little bit more um but yeah it was yep so what i didn't understand was they were exiled from motor to motor yep and then just decided oh we rule now we live here now we, we yeah they took over i mean it was when you was know it? white dudes yeah exactly yeah <laughs> we put a flag in it ours now that's how gentrification it isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we went i think they were there for like 50 went over to 1523 to about 1800 so of, of a thousand year history they were only there for about 270 280 years um so yeah and they've not actually had an official sort of land yeah. or territory since since napoleon kicked them out which just <laughs> which threw me because i didn't spell check my thing properly so i nearly pronounced it as neapolitan so. oh, <laughs> some fucking strawberry ice cream yeah. kicking out your eyes <laughs> I was really shocked to learn that the Pope can knight people. Yeah, but only in, like, Pope world. But like, <laughs> we don't accept Pope dollars. Yeah, yeah. You, it, you're it, just it, a, a little crappy Pope knight. Never yeah, mind. you're not... Well, I mean, is it not like if you're a... Uh, an, is it an OBE or an MBE? That's technically mm. a knighthood. You are a, a knight of the realm. Mm. Right, okay. In Britain. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, There's a CBE and OBE and MBE. Yeah, and they're all different things, aren't they? But I think they're all British orders Empire of the British Empire. So I think it's just one, yeah. different ranks of, of mm. bullshit, bullshit, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but you are you technically get the sword on the shoulders and oh, okay. I mean, not from the Queen now because she's dead. But hmm. <laughs> evergreen episode. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Sir Lancelot, Sir Galahad. Sir Jimmy Savile. <laughs> well, you're not. <laughs> Just a few examples of famous knighthoods through history. Knights were the superheroes of the medieval ages, which probably embellished stories of bravery being sung by many a bard throughout the lands. Doing jousts, wearing capes, giving flowers to maidens, yeeting spears, swinging big-ass swords at people. It's no wonder that even to this day people are awed by this armour-clad way of life. So much so, in fact, to this day around the world, people stage medieval festivals where people dress up in their best knightly gear and, I presume, frolic around merrily, drinking flagons of mead, eating comically large legs of cooked meat, and compare helmets. But this wasn't enough for some people. 
There were some more hardcore fantasists who wanted the real deal. Proper fights with real gear, real bruises and no holds barred. Enter both the Battle of Nations Championship and the International Medieval Combat Federation, both of which are a global historical full contact sport fighting revival movement in which combatants use re reproduction medieval armour and blunted weapons to engage in competitive fights. Founded in 2013, the organisation now attracts hundreds of fighters from 26 countries at various fighting competitions around the world. Most events are open to the public and major competitions are regularly seen by tens of thousands of spectators. Among smaller events, the league hosts a world championship competition in which national teams assemble at a suitably historical venue such as a medieval castle to compete. Competitions have taken place in castles around the world including Scotland, Spain, Denmark and Poland. Rules for competitions draw closely on the original medieval texts outlining non-lethal tournament combat, such as King René's Tournament Book from 1460. During the fights themselves, all fighters must wear historically accurate armour, covering the body and head, and the armour must be traceable to a historical period and location. The weapons must be reproductions based on historical origins, but blunted to prevent actual death, although some fair injuries must still occur when the weapons allowed include swords, axes, pole arms and maces. So fair play that shields are also permitted for use. Though less bloody than tournaments centuries ago, the battles are refereed matches scored like boxing, in which the objective is to get one's opponent to the ground. As well as one-on-one -on -one fights or bigger tournaments with groups of three, five or as many as 16 people on each side. Being also more progressive than the Middle Ages, a women's tournament takes place too, with the main event being a gruelling three-on-three melee fight. If you do wish to take part, I do recommend getting involved at one of these official capacities and not go the way of 35-year-old divorced mother Asta Jusk Aikian, who in 2019 arranged a medieval-style fight to the death between two men who would take her hand. She was jailed for 24 years. Gentlemen! <laughs> you took a twist at the end there, didn't it? Uh, gentlemen, your rebuttals. I've seen these. Uh, yeah, I, I, what flashes up in my head is that, like, you see, like, this guy, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play fight now. And the guy just, like, kicks him in the face. Yep. It's that or, gif I yeah. sent you the other day. Yeah, yeah. It Two guys fighting like... and some knight just literally Bruce Lee's in from the side. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> MMA, but with swords but, and yeah. armour. But, yeah, you're wearing, like, metal. Yeah, yeah it's not like a sort of there's, um... there's, there's, I mean, there's loads of this on YouTube. Go and check it out because it is fucking fascinating. Si si did you say 16 or 16 or 16, yeah. yeah. That is nuts. Oh, yeah, but it is like, because literally it comes down to like, there's about 10 left and 4 on one side. And oh, yeah, shit, and, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're down, you're down and you're yeah, out. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and it, it, there's, I mean, they've got like with GoPros in their helmets and Jeez. all you just see is, and it's, yeah. it's just them getting knocked from, from yeah. pillar to post. It's, even it's, wearing like a scale, like point helmet or something, I reckon, Getting a sword to that would wring your head. Yeah, it would like, fucking yeah. suck. I mean, I there was a guy who I used to work with who used to get involved with battle reenactments, and he had some like chain metal um, <clears throat> armor, and he wore it for like a history day or whatever. Just any fucking excuse to. It's about weighs about forty pounds. But yeah, but that's it. You were walking around, and you're like, how the fuck did they fight in this? I'm knackered just moving around like by classroom. Uh, I think usually the knights were kind of like. It's very difficult for a common person to become a knight. It's usually just someone born into it, nobility, someone's favoured son or something. You were trained for so, it, so you were ripped. Yeah. So yeah. on the battlefield, I think the most cause of death of knights was just like exhaustion and stuff. Because if someone captured a knight, they were worth much more alive than they were dead. Yeah. Right. So, and obviously they're heavily armoured. Some some farmer with a pitchfork's not going to do much against a right. plate mail knight, but they will... You'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, But they will typically capture <gasps> knights and... 
ransom them yeah. because they're right. worth a lot more alive oh, because right. they are typically rich a nobleman rich noblemen yeah. you can afford, if you can afford a full suit of plate armor then uh, yeah, you can afford you can, your dad can afford <clears throat> to, uh, to to buy you back from the french right after you showed up at Agincourt pissed <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm thinking this now, right? A new idea: one night against ten pissed-up dudes with just random <laughs> weapons. Right? It was like a leg of a table and shit. I'm like, let's see how you get on now, smart ass. Yeah, like a sharpened weapon as well. No, 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 no. I'm like, I'm just like, not blunted still, but mm. and we can film it in a pub car park mm-hmm. with a flat room. <laughs> yeah, pub has to have a flat room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of them's got a dog <laughs> called Rambo, probably because they always are. The only weapon I think that, obviously, apart from the only historical weapon that's banned, I think, are like war hammers. Yeah, because it's just the weight of them. Yeah, yeah. You will kill the man's fucking kill chest. Someone, you can't, you can't blunt a war hammer. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, getting cracked with a fucking mace. Well, yeah, that's is, is, is going to knock you up chronic, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Um, there was a series on, I think, the History Channel because um, back when I I used to come home from work and I when Harvey when, when people still used to go to work. And I'd have like two hours when I got home from work, so I'd walk the dog and then I'd have like an hour. And I got really into Forged in Fire, which was like oh, a yeah. historic yeah. sword reenactment. And that went off and they replaced it with something called Night Fight, hosted by Christian of Christian and Edge from WWE. <laughs> and it was one on one knights in America yeah. fighting each other in this palisade sort of um, thing. And it was, it was amazing because the, I think the rounds were a minute. And after thirty seconds, they were gassed as yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah, but then like it was like it, something happened. Someone had to be removed because like they were so fucked they couldn't compete anymore. Yeah. So they had to do like a four way, uh, like a, a I think, well in wrestling it's like a four way dance. It's like uh, battle royale. Yeah, right, right. But no one would yield or anything. So like oh, wow. they, one guy was vomiting and he put his helmet back on. Like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, I'm glad he took his helmet off to do it. It just goes through that. Can you imagine just through all, just the like all the liquid would come through, but all the solids would be caught on the inside. <laughs> like oh, one of those things God. that catches hair in the drain. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it as well in like, it'd be, it wouldn't be too bad in like autumn in England where it'd just be a bit damp with it. Could you imagine that in like the like muggy Texas heat? Well, it wasn't that. It was, that it was, it was, you were in a TV studio. So oh, you've right, got okay. lighting. Is and... this, because um, I saw some sort of YouTube clips of, the, of like knights all dressed up doing proper fights in like a sort of, wrestling ring with like the white floor and the ropes and everything Is it that... didn't have ropes it had like a wooden barrier around the side right. um i couldn't tell you the dimensions of it i mean it was it was four years ago i watched this but um there's only one season of it made and it is well worth watching yeah because well, obviously I did it is a lot just of, uh, actual silly bollocks i did a lot of watching of it when i was sort of doing oh, this no. story but i need to keep going because that was it as well. so the good. second round like two of them would have to team up and they would fight with historical weapons so it would be like um, like Scottish Jacobites fighting, you know, like um, Deadliest Warrior. Yes, it was sort of like that, but with real people. <laughs> oh man, yeah, because it wasn't one of those shows. It's like, oh, let's see how a Viking would do against the Viet Cong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they. I think later on they went weird, but originally it was supposed to be stuff that was would have a chance yeah, at each but, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, I think after about season four. Where it was like, let's see how the musketeers do against a nuclear bomb. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Chucky. Alright. Being granted the title of knighthood is one of the most recognised honours, and the origins of knighthood go back to Roman times and further. 
By the medieval times, knights were considered noble and would exhibit traits that would be characterised as chivalrous. In fact, everyone else on a battlefield would be considered a completely worthless buffer, stopping the knights from fighting other knights, you know, the real action. This classism was only reinforced by reports that knights that were captured by the enemy would be kept in a relatively nice environment with a high level of care, whilst your more common folk, archers, footmen and the like, would simply be slaughtered to death. This was because knights were so sought after, and I guess respected, that it was possible to barter with enemies using your otherwise unconventional currency. However, the clanky kind of knight that might flash through your mind as you hear someone say knight is now firmly a relic of the past, thanks to the advancements in weaponry. A thin sheet of metal won't stop a high velocity bullet after all. So what are we left with then? Well, our Madge doesn't mind dishing out the goods to a fair few people, but there's one individual that sticks in my mind. Sir Terence Pratchett. Terry Pratchett is known as a prolific author of fantasy novels and had some of his writing from when he was just 13 commercially published when he was 15. But I think it's fair to say that Terry is most known for his Discworld series, which is made up of 41 books. Terry was made an OBE in 1998 and would later be knighted for his services to literature in 2009. But Terry being Terry wasn't really content with just being knighted. He was quoted as saying, You can't ask a fantasy writer not to want a knighthood. You know, for two pins I'd get myself a horse and a sword. And get a sword he would. But not just any old sword, no. Terry went out of his way to acquire multiple pieces of meteoric iron to have it forged into his very own sword. Terry remarked that he found it annoying that knights no longer were allowed to carry swords around with them and hid his sword <laughs> in a secret location, worried of being accused of knife crime. <laughs> Sadly though, Terry is no longer with us, passing away on the 12th of March 2015, but he leaves an incredible legacy. So, although knights were originally chivalrous mercenaries for hire, I think even modern knights can be a little badass. At least in the case of Sir Terry Pratchett. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. I like to think the sword is hidden somewhere and he left clues. <laughs> <laughs> like Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been like so. It's made of like actual like meteorite iron. From yeah, well, so which sounds really cool, and I don't mean to like take a dump on my own story, but apparently, like uh, meteorite iron being used for weapons goes back like yeah. years and years because oh, really? yeah, because yeah, it um, I think it's like a mix of um, space knights. That's it, iron and nickel, and like the sort of composition of that just makes the iron really strong. Because mm. it would have a fairly high carbon content as well ah. or a low carbon content because it's come through orbit so it yeah. Would be, yeah yeah so yeah not okay. as many my, my watching more, uh, brittle yes we've all watched uh forest in fire yeah. yes yeah. what low carbon i mean less impurities and all that yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, it's still kind of, fucking baller, isn't it? Oh, it, was yeah. just like, it looks so fucking So they had cool. access to an alloy before alloys were even invented, I guess. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I really want to start Discworld. It's just 41 books it seems like quite intimidating. But, no. what, but what if in each of the books there's a clue to find the sword? Oh, right. I would read it then. You've not read Discworld? No. I've read one. And I was you don't have to... When, you sort of have to read them in order, but they're all different... Yeah. Places and my ex was well, well. One of my exes was really into him when I was like in my late teens, and there was one which was set. It was set in a complete fantasy world, but was like loosely based on Australia. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it was just. 
it seemed like quite a good concept, but I just she lent it me and I tried reading it. I'm just like I can't. Counterweight gone. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's Terry Pratchett's thing is. It, I've read the famous sort of uh, thing about the boots. Yeah, Vines' right. boots theory of um, economics. Economics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's really good. So I, I Vimes, think I would like it. Vines is a is a fucking legitimate literary classic character mm. to me. No, I mean, I mean, also like Pratchett famously as well uh, when he died said uh, I don't want anyone continuing stuff I've got going. And so he met, in his will he he said that uh, one of his ex, one of the executives of his will had to crush his hard drives under a under a steamroller. Wow. And they did. Brilliant. Cuz he he's like I don't want anyone finishing it like yeah. if yeah. it's not finished Completely. it's finished. Fucking I don't want don't. Yeah. yeah. Don't and it's yeah. It's, there's, there's, well, they did release one. Uh, I think his daughter yeah, finished that. It, yeah. I think that was something that he 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 gave like yeah, allowance well, for. But yeah. he had other stuff there, and he's like, I don't want anyone else. These are these are my characters. These are this is my world. This is what I've created. Mm. Um, don't put don't yeah yeah don't be in a vessel that continues and pisses all over it. Yeah, because yeah, it's such a rich and varied world, and has its own balance and and stuff. I mean, I'm just. And shit about Terry fucking Pratchett, you know. Mm. But um, well, yes. Uh, to answer your question that you're about to ask, um, Chucky obviously wins because <laughs> it's Terry Pratchett. He's got a sword. I'm imagining it's in a cave somewhere. And like he said, we have to solve a series of riddles to go and find it. And I'm not doing anything this summer. It sounds like a podcast waiting to happen. Yeah, the hunt for Terry's chopper. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter at WeirdThingPod. Come and say hello. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Weird thing about that. Weird thing about that.